and this is Horns Up. I'm Animesh. I'm Peter. And let's just get straight into it. We've got Bangalore's very own Bevarsi. So, guys, can you quickly introduce yourselves to the listeners so they know who's who? This is Srikant. I am the founder of the band. I started this in 2008. Uh, this is the current iteration with uh, Michael on the lead guitar with me. He's with me here as well. Hey guys, Mike here. I take care of the solos, the leads on this latest album. Fantastic. Talking about the latest album. Congratulations, guys. The Timeless Zone has released a few weeks back and it's your first in five years. Uh, how many times have you heard it back since release? And how happy are you guys with it at the moment? I think we've heard, at least I have heard it a couple of times. Quite happy with the outcome. I heard it once uh, with, with Mike and Ganesh. And we were having a beer and we were trying to see, you know, is this still good? Uh, because I've been hearing it since I think 2019, at least parts of it when I started writing the timeless on the song. And then basically uh, we did this like long distance. I'm sure we can talk about that in detail. And I've been hearing it at the demo stage and the mix stage and the master stage. So, yeah, I mean, hearing it now after a few months break was a little bit refreshing. I, I felt uh, safe that, you know, we did a decent job and we, we can do at least one more. That's that's good news. So that means the boys played well using <laughs> Mohammad Azuruddin's words. Absolutely. So this was recorded at the Doom Cave as it's known again, right? Yeah. So uh, I would say about 60% of it was recorded at the Doom Cave. Doom Cave is practically my bedroom studio. And uh, this period was a little bit weird because we had a baby. We basically had uh, COVID restrictions. So we had to get one member at a time and we had to record all the parts. Uh, drums, though, we recorded at uh, Mrinal's place. Uh, Mrinal basically runs this excellent studio called uh, Stained Glass Productions. And uh, uh, Leslie Lewis, who also plays for Thermal Underquarter, he was involved in, uh, involved in uh, recording, mixing and mastering as well. So uh, drums happened there. Leslie Lewis from Colonial Cousins fame. No, no, Charles. Ah, Charles. <laughs> Charles oh I'm just God. making it absolutely clear for everybody, oh for anybody God. who's listening. How <laughs> you, Leslie? That, that, that would be a different kind of Doom Fusion album. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah, Leslie Charles. So uh, uh, we recorded the drums, some guitars over there, uh, and everything else at uh, the Doom Cave. Yeah, we started the guitars there to just get off our ass and then we shifted everything to Sri Khan's place. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, what happened was uh, uh, we weren't actually in the mood to you know, do this during the pandemic. But uh, for some reason, uh, Ganesh uh, went to the studio, uh, the same, same class productions, a couple of times. And then he just finished this Mega Drone album. And he called me over to record some parts. So all the guitars that you hear... Uh, are, are done by me, like just plug plug and play type thing. So I had a lot of lot of fun doing that, and it was kind of a safe environment. This was the peak of like the first wave or beta or whatever they called it. So uh, then I told Michael, maybe good, we should start as well. And um, at that time, I was like, I haven't done home recording in many years, so let's just go to Manas place. Let's just see, you know, what comes out of it. And uh, we kind of jammed together uh, uh, over over three songs, Michael. I'm not sure. Uh, and then we went and recorded some guitars and uh, uh, everything turned out awesome and they all made it to the final album. How fair is it to say that this is a pandemic album? Because I'm assuming that in a hypothetical world, if the pandemic didn't exist, I'm assuming that the album would be released much earlier. I would say later because really, uh, even though, yeah, yeah, I would, I think it pushed us to just, just do something during this time uh, because all of us were kind of sick of you know, uh, being locked up, locked in. Uh, I think we were, we are a very lazy band. We are very slow. Uh, we generally don't meet even without the pandemic. So I think it, it kind of drove us to make a plan and then just get it done. So we did it in the very pandemic way of, you know, slow iteration type thing, right? Um, uh, everybody just worked on their own machines, their own uh, setups, and then they sent in their parts. We were like, instead of the studio, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, we, we did the arrangement like this um, over email. And then uh, we basically uh, finalized at the demo level, this is what we'll be playing. And then we used that as a reference and then we made the final recording one by one. I think the pandemic drove us to finish it this time. Uh, but we were sitting on our asses for like literally three, four years 
uh, my correct me if i'm wrong so uh, we didn't make any progress we uh, kind of chose one reason after the other to not make progress because our drummer left uh, the city uh, deepak uh, then ganesh had a baby i uh, uh, what was i doing i just didn't do anything kidney stones <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so i i i thanked the pandemic for uh, you know kicking our asses and making us do something for sure we did finish the album early at least recording early 2021 it just yeah, okay. came out a year later <laughs> yeah actually that yeah, was going to be my happened. next question yeah. but before we get to that i mean you at least said that you know there have been lineup changes on this uh, album and My- michael's joined in on the band so how did he become part of the band i'd love to hear that i think you need michael to or kamish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i i think you both versions <laughs> i can say this so uh, chako was uh, leaving the band i kind of thought about who's like you know who could be a decent option somebody who can grow into the band because ours is not the kind of band uh, you can just join and uh, you know you can just work right because uh, we don't do just simple astronaut doom type thing we want to do a little bit of hard rock a little bit of metal so um you have to generally understand you know what the band needs what the song arrangements need taco brought in his unique melodic systems and all of that stuff we wanted to preserve all of that uh, plus uh, we wanted to have somebody who was easy to work with then i was like mentally scanning who's free who's uh, who's basically approachable and then i messaged michael and, and that worked out michael was in a band called Renegade and I, I think by then they had uh, disbanded and uh, uh, he was like yeah okay let's do this and then we jammed a couple of times um it it kind of worked and then we played a couple of shows and then we kind of took a break after that we started writing together so I, when when i come up with something i i would call the other guitar player so we kind of do the two guitar arrangements first and this was the exact same thing that i did with Chako so there there was continuity and there was basically uh time i mean we took time basically to make sure the two guitars uh work the way uh, you know that shows up in the album okay okay michael i'd like to ask you the day shrikan messaged you and uh, the day you read that message what were your initial reactions like and then what happened from your perspective quite surprised to be honest in fact we were in touch we were we were going to get together and jam and do sort of some michael shanker mm-hmm. kind of stuff and yeah i was excited about that never thought that you know the, he would ask me to join bevasi but yeah i'm thrilled about it yeah but it's been super slow since then <laughs> yeah i mean yeah because i remember shrikant and me exchanging messages and then last day i think it was because when we keep doing the albums to look forward to i keep messaging him every year saying so is it this year <laughs> is it year. this year uh-huh. and uh, shikaz was like yeah yeah this was uh, i think end 2020 and he was like yeah yeah 2021 albums coming out and then finally like he said okay april we're dropping the singles so i was like okay april if you drop the single then the most logical thing for most bands is Around release the album the same yeah. yeah 3 months right hmm. we're talking 10 months later and the albums here so there's a different like this is like glacially slow yeah what, what was that like just an unorthodox marketing thing or just tell us how it all played out because you said you were done recording in 2021 and sir well uh we yeah we were done recording the album 21 i think it's just how things panned out uh we were simultaneously looking out for labels maybe that can push the music and it happened so that the album was just pushed a year later uh we were going to release it by ourselves in fact that's why we released the first song so but then metal assault came forward things went well talks went well um and so happened that the album came out in feb <laughs> a year later yeah i think whenever you involve a label you have to fit into their plans uh and then Uh, these us labels and i think europeans as well they don't release much november december end of the year so the first possible window uh, metal of all gave us for our album release basically uh, they all planned things around uh, that bandcamp metal friday or what do they call it bandcamp fridays uh, so you, they look for like one uh, one friday so every month right so the the window is like very very small uh, 
or releasing albums so you would put out um, an album you would open up somebody else's album for pre orders maybe with a single out and things like that so what we did was put put an album out sorry put a single out and just remind people that you know we are there uh, we are not completely gone and then uh, we kind of reached out to some of the labels we knew um so uh, we wanted to say that look if we put this out ourselves we can do a decent job but if we went with a label who uh, you know came with their own roster their own uh, you know uh, fans and um, you know an active label with shows happening and all of that stuff we can do a couple of things one is um hand over the logistics to them uh, get uh, access to a different set of fans and also possibly uh, play some shows abroad in the future so uh, metal assault are on the verge of setting those things up uh, for europe and the us is already happening uh, especially on the west coast and east coast so uh, it seemed like a good idea for us to go with uh, metal assault and that is why i think it took 10 months but we don't mind i think uh, we put we put three singles out there is three more we will take our time uh, you know putting these things out as singles i think over the next few months we'll will be slow and steady about this uh, i want some continuity from uh, this album to the next uh, basically um, i want to say that you know we are, we are around we are an ongoing band uh, with no stupid hiatuses and stuff like that so from 3 to 4 i'm hoping to do this faster in fact ganesh is like bugging me every time start writing dude i was like uh, if i keep writing i i, I stop playing the guitar i'm just thinking about you know the songs and uh, what michael will play what uh, you know ganesh will sing and what drums can happen what avinash will do on the bass and stuff like that so i want to play some guitar i want to basically you know uh, just get away from that diversity thing a little bit and then come back to it with a fresh mind so i think that's what i'm going to do for the next few months but the singles will keep coming um, so this release and thinking of it as like a 12 month uh, 15 month kind of a release that's interesting two things two things stood out for me uh, from what you just said one the fact that you are releasing uh 3 plus 3 that means essentially all the six songs on the album as singles that's pretty unique for a doom for a stoner doom stoner rock however you want to categorize yourselves with a band with this kind of a sound right because isn't this kind of a sound doesn't it lend itself to enjoying an album from start to finish rather than as singles yeah i think um we write it and arrange it so that it starts it, it kind of flows well from the start to finish and there is a beginning middle and end to the whole thing uh, but we also make sure that every single is also every single song is also kind of playable live uh, it's uh, catchy it kind of can work for people who have the patience right there are some shorter songs as well but uh, if you are in the mood for you know immersing yourself uh, over 9 minutes or whatever that's that's the average length of our epic doom songs right um, i think there is reward in uh, singles as well i think uh, if you, i i've i mean i've randomly had bayerty songs play in my playlist and things like that like on my uh, car and all that uh, i think it kind of works um, especially in the context of you know heavy metal and you know driving and those kinds of things i think that's what most people the single listening people do uh, compilations and playlists and those kinds of things i think it, it uh, we want to make sure our music works on like a vinyl kind of format side a side b we want to make sure it works for the cd kind of format right uh, which is basically uh, like a whole album at one go uh, we also want to make sure that every song is unique and uh, you can just push it out uh, you know separately right and uh, uh, everything also has to be played live or rather playable live you're not playing but uh, when we play live it should fit in a set and it should have a good live experience all of these things uh, makes for our sound hmm. okay and the second thing is uh going with all singles does that does that also mean each song gets its own video because so far your three singles have three videos right so are you guys making sure that all the singles uh we'll get that component to how important is the video component for each song now is it is it like a necessity is it a must have yeah the visual aspect of it is very important because if you think of it i don't know if you guys realized it it is actually a conceptual album from start to finish every song blends into it it's one trip you know from you know there's ebbs and flows in this whole trip 
it is psychedelic it is euphoric and it is a bad trip also so um the visual aspect of it is very important i mean the visual aspect for bevosi has been important for the first two albums also so that's something we like to hang on to and keep doing yeah i mean the first album we actually did unique artworks for each single the second album uh, we did not have the time to do that so there was just a central uh, you know uh, invoking of something bizarre right that was basically the theme of the album right uh, this one uh, has a theme has a lyrical theme so uh, we wanted to convey it in a in in the best possible way visually because uh, there is there is merit to you know uh, giving stuff to people on youtube or facebook or whatever uh, and when they listen to the music and when they connect with the correct visual it's not us playing it's not us looking cool and all of that stuff we can do that if we want uh, but we are kind of uh, very lazy about this so what we like is collaborating with people who are kind of skilled who have uh, either no background in this stuff we've done that with uh, you know the first two singles uh, this guy from sri lanka had not done this stuff before and he was kind of a, an end to end kind of a guy right he can take photos he can do videos and stuff like that so considering uh, the whole world is uh, you know uh, in a lockdown uh, what can you do in a house right that that basically was uh, you know alfonan's video uh, not not perfect because uh, i mean considering the time and the circumstances we live in but um, for the third one we gave it to somebody who uh, who's done a lot of stoner doom type stuff the circle talking so about the circle said, yeah the circle so we basically told them dude we just want uh, ancient people getting high just just give me that right and just put the lyrics on top of it <laughs> so that that was the brief for the second, third one i think the first and the second there is more depth to all of that stuff the circle is just meant to be like a one trip right and then uh, you have the rest of the album with their own whatever so uh, every song has its own vibe has its own feel and we we want to basically uh, approach it I, i know budget constraints and all but we want to get like the best visual out of it for sure since we've spoken so much about the music i think it's a good time to just play one of the songs which one should we play and why uh, i think we should play the song kiss the sky because it's the shortest and it is like the most chillest song of the lot uh, i i don't know uh, i i called it the most positive sounding song of the album uh, but most people don't think so but but i think we should play that why do you call it the most positive song on the album no it's this just is interesting theory, there are yeah. some positive sounding chords uh, in a couple of places on the album there are some clean guitars and things like that uh, so we generally uh, don't do so much of that but this album has that stoner kind of a thing going here it is here it is kiss the side Your head on 
all right um we're still talking to the guys from uh, bevasi i want to talk about the record the fact that you have a new guitarist in the band i think it i think it really shows because the solos are far more meatier the riffs i found to be a lot faster and chunkier but the songs themselves i found to be a bit more plodding how do you think the song dynamics kind of evolved from the previous album and is it is it purely because of uh, the change in guitarists do you think that or was it something that you were already thinking of when you had started working on the music even earlier yeah when i was doing the first album i had the widest spread as a music fan in terms of what i listened to right i probably grabbed the most from the various toner doom sludge psychedelic rock and you know classic rock whatever it is that's the first album by the second album i think i tried some different stuff but within the same realm i think for this album i was pretty much like a um uh, hard rock metal guy okay but playing toner doom right so uh that was what i restricted myself to i wanted to make like a a hard rock album but done for the stoner doom crowd right that um, kind of expensive uh, yeah 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 so when you say prodding right it is the grooves so there are times like uh like the circle right uh, i on the guitar we are playing like you know a fast faster parts and and the bass is just holds the you know the root note a lot in with the uh, drummer right and we wanted to basically keep it like slow and groovy and uh, laid back uh, for, for those parts basically and same thing happens on the last song of the album that our awake so uh, those are conscious decisions like we don't want to be like uh, like a like a metal band with double bass and those kinds of things uh, we want to be more immersive and uh, there are parts where we play our asses off there are parts michael kind of goes for it on the solos so all of those things happen there are times where uh, some uh, like we do, we're not like advanced player but for us some of those parts are kind of difficult to play difficult to remember because it's the fact that there are so many parts in our songs and uh, we if there is a change we are like oh my god what's happening so uh, so there are those kinds of moments as well so it it's a mix of what michael brought to the table michael is more of a uh, you know chops kind of a guy um, and i think what i was listening to what i wanted out of these songs right i would write like a fast riff but then i would ask these drummer and the bassist to basically think of them being in 70s rock bands right so if you just mute everybody else just listen to the drums and bass they are playing like simple 70s rock i think uh, we, the the kind of uh, direction is like you know just think you guys are playing in deep purple or something and uh, just uh, give space when needed and uh, you know lay back uh, when not needed so uh, those kind so of so basically direction. in short you are channeling your inner tony iommi yeah <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much i think uh, especially the dio era right where there is like uh-huh. more of the prodding stuff there is uh, you know more groovy type stuff and uh, um, cozy pole drumming or um, uh, you know uh, mr apache drumming so uh, that those were the directions as well yeah sure michael um, did you have to change your playing style to meet the beverly sound no not at all not not at all no this, this is how i play <laughs> it it, yeah. it it shows that you know uh, like i was listening to the earlier records and then i heard this one again and you can distinctly see and you can tell that you know this is there is some new energy infused in the guitar solos especially because uh, they're obviously coming from somebody who's not been who was not part of the band from a from an earlier stage and that clearly shows i thought it was a much needed kind of a boost that was that was finally there and purely opinion but i think it'll sit very well uh, when eventually the band starts playing live and goes to tour with these songs from uh, the timeless zone um what's running in your head uh, when you are being told to do these solos or when you have the space to do these solos are you trying to just uh, match what the song needed or just take us to your process so i mean there was a lot of discussion between srikanth and i as to how we want to phrase the solos there were a lot of uh, takes that went in the demos and you know had to think through how you want to do it and uh, for srikanth and i we want to approach it because 
some of these solos just gone from what 32 bars super long and you know you need to think through so we were saying let it be a song within a song right build it up cause some and there was a lot of freedom to just you know pull out ideas so for some of the solos it was just me like just jamming five six hours trying to pull out ideas trying to do different things take it to Srikanth play it for him and you know we play together and you know we discuss it go back home see how I can refine it stuff like that so it, it was a nice process to you know come up with these solos some of them I got in first take some of them yeah it took some time to put them together yeah what's the solo you're most proud of mm, I think the one on sterilize the divide yeah I personally like that one yeah why is I that? that? Like, is it something? Is it? it is it you pulling I, I off some think it's, a chop that you? No, I think it's just or, phrased very well. So, hmm. yeah, it it just moves from one riff to the other really, really nicely. Uh, that's that's one solo I like listening to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think Shrikant, you're prepped for this question. Uh, if not, here it goes because I'm the dad here. The death metal dad or whatever you want to call me now you're the doom daddy <laughs> another new one but i mean when i was just wrapping my head around it right you recorded released an album while working a full-time job and you had a kid and all of this in the pandemic do you have like all these excel sheets with time slots and things like that are you like super efficient or how did you manage all of it oh man um uh- I'm a very organized person at work. And uh, when I wake up, so I, I basically look at my calendar on, on a Sunday evening and I know what I have to do in terms of work the next whole week. So I know exactly when I'm going to be free, when I am uh, not free. And I have that visibility. I, I'm thankful for my employers for that. And they don't set up meetings on Friday evenings because they're in the US, but they're still respectful of uh, my Fridays, right? So. Work was stable. I think let's take that out of the way. Uh, no, no worries about work at all. And uh, in terms of having the baby, right? I'm getting old, dude. I'm I'm 40 now. So uh, I, I, we didn't know when the pandemic was going to end. Uh, I wanted to don't be alive know. when the when when the child <laughs> we was. We still don't uh, know. <laughs> we still don't know, right? And I wanted to be kind of alive when the child is um, going to college and stuff. So I thought, okay, let's. If not now, when, right? So uh, we just made it happen. I, it, it's. It was incredibly chaotic, incredibly difficult. I think it still is. Uh, I don't think it'll get better on that front. Uh, maybe until the child like moves or I don't know when that will happen. Um, or moves to college, right? <laughs> moves to college, yeah. So I have some Kerala bl- blood in me. We tend to, you know, migrate and study somewhere else and make a life somewhere else, right? So yeah, uh, it was chaotic, but I kind of liked uh, the fact that I had music to go back to. There was all this new gear I was buying. Um, I, I had motivation to continue working properly because that SMS that you get on the last day is amazing. So a lot of that went into buying gear for the Doom Cave, right? And I got new amps and like uh, and getting new tube amps uh, again and again. Like I got like uh, two tube amps. I got uh, a new interface, like a massive interface, and uh, set it up so that we could do all of this stuff, right? So I was very motivated in terms of um, getting this album done. Um, and uh, I was uh, never questioning my employer because I think they gave me decent salary and they gave me a good, good reliable schedule, right? And all, all that was left for the chaotic part was a child that I had to deal with. So still dealing with it. Yeah. And as someone who's had a few years uh, under this, it only gets better, right? Because at one point you'll be just hiding your gear in certain cupboards where they cannot reach. <laughs> oh man, like she's crazy for my guitar's uh, trembar, right? Uh, I have this Toydros guitar with Rami Bar. She goes and just, just keeps yanking it. So when I'm playing, she comes and yanks it. So I think she wants me to be more like Van Halen. So I think the next album... <laughs> Maybe we have too. another Nita Strauss in the making. Yeah, yeah. Or at least I will learn to play for her with the Whammy Bar. So I think uh, the next album will be like, uh, you know, glam metal, doom metal kind of a hybrid. Dive bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mike also has a guitar with a Whammy Bar. So let's do this, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, so I have to ask you this, right? And I think uh, at least, Rikat, I've bugged you with this, but at least for our listeners, let's put this out there. Now, there's a certain. Uh, 
influencer, social media superstar, whatever you want to call it, who uses your band name quite often in his skits. Has that resulted in more people knowing what Bevarsi means? Or like, do people recognize the brand, the band name now? Because I still remember that legendary interview of somebody once asking you all, I think it was on TV of sorts, like, what does Bevarsi mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, we got into some trouble uh, with the band name, especially in some remote parts of Karnataka. Um, there was this Darwar Engineering College or something uh, whose dean basically said, uh, they can play if they change the band name. But uh, within Bangalore, right, um, Joseph's school, we played in school, school kids, and they did not ask us to do any of this. So they, they all understood this. They were all cool with it. As long as you don't swear on stage, um, we, we can't, I mean, we're cool with this. But yeah, this specific chap, he's also from my neighborhood. He's just like literally a few hundred meters away from me. You can take uh, the names, guys. We're, we're talking. <laughs> we're talking about Danish side <laughs> and his usage of Bevarsi. Kudka, kudka, kukra, what? Kudka, yeah. Although, although I must, although I must note, he spells it with an I and not with the E A. Yeah, that's yeah. the actual spelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was just more nautical and like you know mythical and stuff. Uh, we we actually had a meeting with uh, a lawyer friend of ours yesterday who proposed that. You know, we have to take take on this guy. We should copyright, really? you know, our band name because we have records of uh, albums being out like for, you know, 12 years. He's a lawyer. I mean, obviously he, he's thinking this way, but I'm like, uh, I mean, out of these people, Danishet's fan base, how many of them listen to this kind of music, right? I'm Almost just, I'm just wondering after. if Danishet takes out like merch saying they will see <laughs> that'll be yeah, like yeah. a walking advertisement for you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll send him some <laughs> coming back to the music right i mean you talked about gearing up your place the doom cave and stuff like that i remember you guys actually doing a youtube playthrough a while back uh and now everyone's doing live stream gigs are we gonna see some more video content from yeah, because you guys have also been like over the last year or so, there's been a lot of activity on your YouTube. So clearly, clearly video, like doing ancillary video and not just music videos or lyric videos or whatever, even that's something that you guys are concentrating on in this time and age. Is, is that the best way to, to get yourselves heard and get yourselves marketed, get yourselves seen, shown? I think we want to basically... Uh, you know, uh, be more in touch with our fans. Uh, we realize that the show is not happening. Uh, we don't know when we'll be back on stage. So we thought YouTube was the best because Facebook is basically punishing us for not being active for many years. So Instagram is still decent with us, but it may not last. Give, give Zuckerberg once all your money. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we thought it makes sense basically just to put these things out in, in whatever format we are comfortable in, right? Things that are like low effort, it doesn't require uh, like serious ed- shooting, uh, editing skills and all of those things. So the old playthroughs were properly shot for those times, right? Uh, but uh, what we are trying to do now is we, we're doing like random hanging out of uh, just, just us. And then we're going to talk about things like just like we are doing now. And we want to put those out and we can cover things that more specific to, you know, how to, uh, you know, be in a band uh, around these times and how to be, uh, you know, effective about um, all of these, uh, you know, uh, constraints that we have. Uh, we, we want to basically uh, let people know that there is a properly functioning band behind all of these sporadic uh, events that are happening, right? And we want some uh, continuity from now to the next album. So I think the best format that we are comfortable with, because uh, we can catch up once a month and we can just set up like a, a basic uh, light source and, and a camera and, uh, you know, we, we can just have a list of topics and we can talk about it. And then as long as it's entertaining, we want to basically put some stuff out, chopped up and, you know, uh, make everything uh, easily consumable, right? I think that is the direction we are going in. We're not going to do like serious production and stuff like that because uh, there is, uh, I don't think it is worth getting into all of that unless we have a fan who's like, film student and he wants to do that kind of thing. But uh, for a DIY self-taught kind of a thing, this is what we are willing to do. And I think it will benefit us, it will benefit the fans and 
they'll also get to know you know uh, what makes us right what makes us tick so that's the plan at this point let's play another song michael why don't you pick one which one should we play and why uh, go for the circle since it's the last release single yeah in case anyone missed it <laughs> okay lovely here it is here the circle you want to tell us something unique about the song that probably a lot of people who listen won't realize it's about ayahuasca <laughs> Yeah. 
we are still talking to the guys from beversee guys 5 years back and this is again pure opinion right pure pure opinion 5 years back the scene's appetite for stoner doom etc it seemed larger than what it is today people seem to be hungry for this kind of music and throughout like the key cities of india which have uh, resources where this kind of music is heard and where which have this kind of a fandom Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore. Uh, there were bands cropping up, which all kind of played this kind of a sound, right? Um, what What do you think has changed over the last five years? Is it just because we are not seeing live gigs anymore, uh, which is why we are not getting access to watch more news, uh, to watch more bands like this, or? i don't know is everybody just gravitating to playing more technical stuff in their bedrooms because that's what the that's the only thing you can do and this kind of music requires jams etc yeah i think it's all of that uh, also the fact that uh, you know uh, it it is difficult to be in a band and have like good gear and do all of this stuff we are able to do this because we could take a break go back to it uh, we have uh, you know stable jobs we're not doing this for career we can always treat this as uh like my colleague uh, doing golf or tennis or whatever this is this is bad for me so we are not looking at making our money back i know i know most bands don't look at making their money back uh, but we are kind of serious about this um uh, i think the first two albums we were happy to have broken even we were happy to have uh, you know uh, made a little bit extra but i think this album going in we kind of knew that this is our uh, you know a passion project and we will think of this as a long term thing so we signed a label deal for three albums so uh, we know we want to do this for a while right so it has to be sustainable so um i think the way we approach it changed a lot over the past few years because i think between the first and second albums we had like gigs lined up in the us and um, like a possible europe tour and stuff like that so we were like any other band that wanted to take our music uh, overseas right because uh, i look at my band cap metrics and all of that uh, 80% of our Uh, business comes from europe and uh, uh, usa um so uh, there is i think there is a sense of trend in in india there is always like uh, people are into something and then they're not anymore because uh, most of the fans are in college and you know college kids uh, they finish college and then they move abroad right so some of these uh, kids are still abroad and if they're still into the music they are supporting it from wherever they are uh, but most of these kids locally are kind of not doing this stuff anymore and uh, they they are they've moved on to other things and if they're doing solo stuff it's mostly like low effort kind of i don't, I don't want to insult them but uh, like laptop kind of based programmable kind of music so um yeah i i know it takes talent as well to make all of that but it's not the same as uh, what we are doing you can't make like uh, stoner doom sludge uh, heavy metal type thing uh, without uh, an immersive uh, jam room experience or uh, you know people uh, in the, in a room together and doing this some kid will probably hear this and say oh fuck you guys but <laughs> the next project is going to be the next project is going to be an ai driven machine learning so glad you said yeah, it <laughs> doom metal project 
<laughs> we'll feed it all of Black Sabbath and they'll, they'll come out with a new Black Sabbath song. But I'm sure it will be great because I think that's what most Stoner Doom is like, right? I mean, you can tell like <laughs> where they've lifted. You can tell where they've lifted each riff from. I think uh, some bands make a conscious effort to put it in the wrong place. Like if they've lifted a Sabbath riff from their work, uh, like I, I do that, right? I mean, shit, man, this sounds like a Sabbath riff, so let's put it somewhere else where Iommi didn't put, right? So if I still like the riff, so there are times where. uh we'll be like man this sounds like some other that we've ourselves written we are copying ourselves right because we've had enough distance from our previous albums so we are making the same songwriting move is it worth doing because it makes sense to have our own style uh, but it also uh, makes sense to not repeat ourselves right so it it's difficult i mean especially being in the kind of genre that we are i mean we have to play a particular type of music and it has to sound entertaining but still it has to remain people of certain key bands right so it's a it's a i feel it as an assignment for myself right okay this is a challenge uh, shrikant even uh, spend the weekend doing this right we need five new riffs for a new song and it has to sound like all of these things it has to remain people of certain things it has to have the kind of vibe it has to have the kind of tempo uh, all of those things right so uh, it's creatively very rewarding but for fans you have to be into it to actually appreciate it uh that's all i can say i mean if you are like a casual listener everything sounds like sabbath uh, i have a friend <laughs> who's not into this stuff at all he thinks candle mass sounds exactly like sabbath i don't get it but uh, <laughs> yeah 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 for, for a casual fan it makes sense yeah absolutely but it's crazy that you say the college gigs right because i'm going to sound really old and date myself here but i remember watching you guys exactly 10 years ago uh opening for anathema and IIT Sarang, which was in Chennai, uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, sorry, wait. Why am I saying IIT Sarang? It's IIT Madras. <laughs> that's the only thing that's less Madras there, and that was crazy because, like, you had like this entire OAT filled. I think I don't know how many people were there for Anathema, how many people were there for Bayersi, but everyone was just like, "Fuck it!" Like, we're gonna enjoy uh, in there, and that was a great time when you look at it because, like, there was a time I think in the yeah i would say from like mid 2005 to 2012 13 where you actually had a lot of these college gigs right and i think you guys played uh, quite a few of them uh, back then so all of those have like slowly died to like you said laptop music yeah i mean it's cheaper it makes sense to just get some one guy uh, there's not much logistics you don't need to mix it too well it's much simpler to do all of this stuff it makes sense in terms of the organizers and the fans because it's more up to date with what's playing everywhere uh but i think uh what will happen i think is just like how lps came back just like how cds will come back in a few years uh, all of this will come back as well people will start going back to tube amps people will start uh you know uh, enjoying playing together in a room again and uh, uh, there will be garage shows uh i think if governments can allow we, we might also have shows like proper shows again so i i think uh, these trends just keep coming back um, it it'll just take a new avatar so uh, we'll we'll all be called some classic new wave of classic whatever i think in the future but yeah 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 exactly so uh, i think it's just a matter of time man i think uh, there's a 20 25 year cycle for all of these things um, it's fading away now but i think it'll come back uh, it's not going to go away completely it'll on the metaverse Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. As we as we begin to wind things down, I have to ask there two two very cool things that you that you said while you were talking about uh, future plans as such for the band. One was, uh, did I hear it right? You guys have signed on for a three album deal with Metal Assault. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a two album deal with an optional uh, third one. That's all. That's awesome. Which means. Do do you already have a calendar of sorts of when can we expect new Bevacy music? Uh no, uh but I think I want to write music in the second half of this year. Okay. Um I mean I I'm slow with these things that generally takes us like one year. Uh the I think what I'm hoping for is faster demo process because last time uh, we had to struggle uh, through our personal recording setups and all of that stuff. I think now people all all the band members have Uh, their home recording setup so uh i think that process will get uh, you know taken care of a lot better this time i'm kind of targeting 
23 early for the next album uh, and then maybe like 26 for the next album if we are all still alive and is there any discussion at the moment whatsoever about playing live again i know things are like at least not in in, in india things are still going slow but we are beginning to hear about gigs happening at uh, in bombay at anti social and at the ncpa in bangalore i'm guessing at fandom bring back doom over bangalore just saying there are a couple of um, there were a couple of offers late last year for us uh, we we basically said just just wait we'll just wait and watch because we had uh, older people in our households and we had kids and we didn't want to good take, decision um, mm. and of course omicron happened so we basically said infinitely just just wait uh, indefinitely sorry and then um, i think uh, last week again those same people started to uh, you know come back to us saying we'll be doing things again uh, i i told them just just give me a few weeks let me figure out a drummer who can play right and then jam with him and then uh, we will get the band back together i don't know when but sometime this year will be nice uh, at least one show so just give us a heads up just saying cuz i don't think i'll want to move too far away from bangalore right <laughs> with the family situation <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah Thank you so much guys for taking some time out and chatting with us it's been an absolute treat to have you guys on the pod finally like uh when we started when peter and i started chatting about even wanting to do this we were we knew that we wanted to talk to you guys eventually but we were we had at that time i remember one of the things that we discussed is no we'll only do this when they actually release a new album wow it's and taken us 3 years huh? <laughs> he's stuck to it at <laughs> least yeah around around 3 years but yeah uh better late than never appreciate yeah. this though it's been awesome yeah. thanks for having us all righty so that was bevacy and if you are one of the fans who can help them out with videos etc then why don't you write to us and we'll send them uh, your contact details we are available at honsupport.com and on twitter at honsupport as always i'm on twitter at asmohani i'm at trend crusher and this was honsup honsup guys <laughs>